So on this, the second Sunday of Easter, we begin to pay attention to what it was that Christ focused on in the 40 days, the 40 days between the empty tomb and Christ's ascension. We begin with the traditional lectionary text for this day, the interaction of Jesus with the disciples and then with Thomas. Before we go to God in scripture, let us go to God in prayer. Gracious one, greet us with your peace this day. Let it fall fresh upon us in this time. Let it quiet any voice within us but your own, that we might hear your word for us this day, and that in hearing, we might be called to lead lives of response. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nail on his hands and side, then I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the door was shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. You know, this is such a familiar text that sometimes I I neglect its depth and breadth. I was reading it this week in preparation for our time this day, and I realized how wide and deep this passage of Scripture is. We could talk about so many things 
when it comes to Jesus' first interaction with the disciples in this place. We could ask the question of, of why the disciples are hiding. We could spend time reflecting on how fear impacts the way that we move through the world or don't. We could reflect on how this is actually a lectionary Pentecostal text. So on the day of Pentecost, we could read this text as the birth of the church, even before we get to Acts. We could talk about how Jesus equips the disciples by breathing upon them the breath of life, the very spirit of God, and then how he gives them this charge. Whatever you forgive of people, it'll be forgiven. Whatever you retain, it will be retained. We could talk about how he does that amongst a group who has betrayed him. At the very least, fallen silent at his suffering. And at the most, they have pretended not to know him. And so these words of loosing and binding, these words of forgiving and retaining, we could talk about how Jesus is giving them this ultimate illustration of what it means to loose and bind. But our focus this morning will, will be not so much on those teachings, but more so on how Jesus chose to show up amongst his disciples. How was it that Jesus met their fears behind locked doors? How was it that he met their closed-offness? The gospel tells us that the first word that he speaks to them is a word of peace. Peace be with you. Often when we are behind the locked doors of our hearts or in the world, the first word we need to hear is one of peace. And then immediately he does something else. He shows them his wounds, first in his hands and then in his side. Jesus shows up in his woundedness to be with his disciples, not made whole, as we would imagine, but the wounded healer, as Henry Nouwen would term Jesus. And there is power simply in the way that Jesus chooses to show up amongst those people. There is example that we can learn from. There is a way in which we are being called, actually, to move through the world that Jesus first illustrates for us behind those locked doors. It is the power that is made known in the world through vulnerability. Vulnerability, it turns out, becomes the key. The key that can unlock the doors of fear and worry. Vulnerability can be the thing that, that releases us from being closed off from our neighbor and invites us out into the world to go and forgive and to be forgiven. Vulnerability is invitational then in Christ's own vulnerability by showing the hands and the side. He invites those disciples to recognize their own wounds and also the ways that they wound. Here's what they did to me. You stood by and you watched. 
here's what they did to me. Your wounds, they might not look like this, but, but they're real too. Recognize them. See how I am able to deal with these wounds? You can do that too. Vulnerability can be transformational even, beloved. When Jesus shows up amongst the disciples and he shows his wounds, they recognize him as their Lord and they rejoice. In fact, scripture tells us that they did not see him as the one that they had followed until the wounds are revealed. Then, then they, receive, they see and receive the Lord. As people of faith, we claim that vulnerability is foundational to that faith. Vulnerability offers compassion for how we see ourselves and how we see others. And the more I wrestled with this text this week, the more appreciation I had for Thomas. I believe that what some might call Thomas's skepticism is actually a very human and even wise response to the news that he has heard proclaimed. If this one is actually my savior then he will be wounded, and I will be able to see those wounds. If he is not wounded, he is not my savior. I want to see them. And hidden in what we might term skepticism is actually, I think, an important truth for any of us as we look to leadership amongst us in our church, in our community, and in our world. The lesson is that we should be skeptical of one who tries to claim authority but is unwilling to show their woundedness. Jesus meets the disciples where they are, and he meets Thomas where he is, and he shows him his wound. And what happens? My Lord and my God, Thomas says, recognizing Christ in the wounds. Thomas responds with awe to Christ's willingness to show up. My Lord and my God. Father Gregory Boyle began Homeboy Industries years ago, the early 90s, as a ministry of compassion to, to people caught in the cycle of gangs and gang violence in Los Angeles. Boyle argues that the measure of our compassion lies not in our service of those on the margins, but in our willingness to see ourselves in kinship, to observe the wounded, and to recognize our own wounds. And so, for Boyle, that means a decided movement towards awe, my Lord, my God decided to move towards awe and giant steps away from judgment. Here's how Father Boyle tells a story of awe falling upon the gathered crowd. He told it to Krista Tippett some years ago. He says this, Recently I gave a talk. It was a training. It was all day for 600 social workers. It was a training on gangs, and I had two homies with me. One of them was a guy named Jose. And he got up, and he's in his late 20s, and he now works in a substance abuse part of our team at Homeboy Industries. This is a a man in recovery himself, one who has been a heroin addict 
a gang member. He's covered from head to toe in tattoos, and he gets up in front of this group of social workers, and he says very offhandedly, you know, I guess you could say that my mom and me, we didn't get along so good. I guess it was six when she looked at me and she said for the first time, why don't you just end it? You are such a burden to me. The whole audience gasps as they hear Jose's mother's words. And then he says to them, I promise you it sounds way worse in Spanish. And then he looks at them and he says, You know, I guess I was nine when my mom drove me down to the deepest part of Baja, California, and she walked me up to the orphanage, and she said, I found this kid. I was there 90 days until my grandmother could get out of her where she had dumped me, and she came and rescued me. And then he tells the audience of these 600 social workers, you know, I endured abuse every single day. Abuse in ways that you would imagine and in plenty of ways you probably can never. The wounds of that abuse were so bad for me that I had to wear three t-shirts to school every day. The first as a sort of balm against my skin. And the other two because you could see the wounds through the first. Every day I would go to school. It was blazing hot. The kids would make fun of me. Why are you wearing three t-shirts? I didn't want them to know why that was. And then Jose begins to lose a battle with his own tears. And he says, I wore three t-shirts well into my adult years. Because I was ashamed of my wounds. I didn't want anybody to see them. But now my wounds are my friends. I welcome my wounds. I run my fingers over my wounds. And then he looks at the crowd and he says, how can I help the wounded if I don't welcome my own wounds? And awe came upon the gathered mass. Because we are so inclined to judge this Jose. So inclined to judge this kid who has been in prison, as a gang member, has experienced homelessness, has been a heroin addict, and the list goes on. But he was never seeking anything when he ended up in those places. He was always fleeing the story that you just heard. What Jose revealed to that crowd is what Christ reveals to the disciples behind that locked door. Showing up in our woundedness enables kinship with our neighbors. Showing up in our woundedness helps us to know that we are not alone in it. But it also helps us to make sense of the deep woundedness in our world. One of my favorite poets, Tori Blue, captures the complexity of walking through the world with our wounds in her poem, Stained Glass. Love is infinitely creative. It needs no clean canvas to do its best work. Look at the scars of the earth, the falls, the canyons. 
Once deep wounds in the skin of our planet, now the best of what we adore. And the old city with its worn walls, how many children has it raised? How many eyes have seen beauty and history there? I've never heard a cathedral complain about the cracks in its side. And so you are gorgeous. Every wrinkle, every wound, a riverbed running rich with living water. And set strong in the crumbling architecture of yourself is a stained glass story, colorful light filling every groove as your spirit shines through. And so we come to this place this day. We come in our own woundedness to meet the wounded healer because we know that it is in his wounds that we find kinship with our own. We befriend them. We also befriend the wounds of our neighbor. Jesus, as wounded healer, offers his wounded self and meets the disciples where they are. Jesus models showing up in our woundedness and allowing our wounds to reveal the divine at work in the world. And as people of faith, as people of faith, we worship knowing that our Savior is made known and the holes in his hands and the wound in his side. And the good news that we proclaim on this second Sunday of Easter, the good news of the gospel is that in Christ we know that God shows up in God's woundedness to tend to our own wounds and to call us through compassion and awe to tend to the wounds of the world. Later that same day, after he had appeared first to the women, he made his way behind a locked door. His first word to his disciples was one of peace. And then he showed them his hands and his side. And a week later, when they were gathered again, he showed up and he showed those hands and that side again. And Thomas, Thomas is able to say, my Lord, my God, because he knows that if the one is not wounded, then the one cannot be the Messiah. As we move through the world this week, we look upon our own wounds, but also the wounds of our neighbor and the world. May you glimpse Christ in every crevice, in every cut, in every canyon. May you know the transformative power that comes from vulnerability made known in Jesus. May you know it to be good news for yourself, and may you share it. Amen.